This is a true crime podcast. It contains adult themes and content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. When a guard would stop and talk to you, you used to stand back and you would yell so people could hear what you were saying to that guard as they walked by or, or within the vicinity. But he knew what a convict was going to do before they thought of it themselves. themselves. He just been around that long and uh, he was tough. They'd find uh, Sparky in about every conceivable place you could imagine, which we would cause dump. They'd wait until everybody was locked up and he would open his door and run down to cell one and get a bugler can full of Sparky and take it back to his cell. She had a kind of a hypnotic power. There were a great many wild cats around the penitentiary, and most people couldn't get near them. But she would stand in the doorway of the cell house and say, kitty, 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 and those cats would go to her. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Stool Pigeon Saturday. I'm excited to have a special guest, one of our staff members here, Saeed Bowen. Well, it's good to be here today. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, Saeed. Oh, not a problem. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, how long you've been here at the Old Pen? Uh, I've been here at the Old Pen for three years. I used to work weekends, but then my schedule you know, piled up, other priorities came aboard but i still love to do guided tours here and events once in a while yeah so yeah, yeah. we get so many reviews about sites <laughs> tours so many thumbs up and five stars because of your tours so you know i don't, I'm happy mean, to... I don't mean to brag but yeah I'm also... <laughs> okay a little awesome. bit braggy <laughs> well uh, what do you have for us today i'd love to hear what you uh, okay. talk about so i want to talk about one of my favorite inmates of all time ernesto blanco yeah uh, the reason I chose him over some of the other topics, I think his is like we can see the beginning of the mental health institutions rise up in America of his time period. And it's a good comparison to say, OK, this is when they started considered mental health in facilities. Today, yeah. I think we overplay it too, a little bit too much, especially in the court cases. Yeah. Like the first thing this defense, plea mental insanity. But this is the beginning right. of like. Well, maybe there's something more to the story, yeah. and his Ernesto's story is really fascinating. It's got a lot of a lot of cool factors into it, so I thought it might be nice to talk about nice. it. I think All it's right. underrated as well. Yeah, compared to other our most famous stories, I mean, everyone talks about Raymond Snowden or Harry Orchard, which they're awesome in their own right, but there's some that are really, really underrated. Right. Yeah. And I think yeah. he's one of them. Nice. All right. Well, what can you tell us about his Ernesto? Well, for starters, he served in the military. He says that he's served in the military immediately after World War II for a bit, and then yeah. he took part in the Korean War. So he's got that veteran experience, yeah. so that makes him too. He's, I believe, one of our two veterans buried in the prison cemetery. Yeah, So yeah, that, that's probably one of the biggest highlights of that. Definitely, and he's yeah. got one of the nicest tombstones, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a bit of a spoiler alert there. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> he ends up in the cemetery. So what... What led him here in the first place? Well, he was, according to his case file, he was in Burley, Idaho, when he was listening to the 
radio in his car and then a little girl asked him to come in and then listen to the radio with him and she got in the car with him and then they just rode around listened to the radio for a few for quite a long time for over 12 hours and of course her family's right. panicking they yeah. think they kidnapped her someone got kidnapped her so and then he miraculously he just dropped her off at her house mm-hmm. and and of course you know it could have been conduct against the minor so that was the right. big concern of it yeah and, Wait, and, what <laughs> led him to agree to like let this girl into his car to listen to the radio like it says that he was okay at that time like he was just yeah wanted to come in and it's like which is the conversation for his mental health i mean maybe he was too trusting i don't know and that's why i was like what of course if i was the girl's father i would be upset too it's like yeah uh we're gonna go to the doctors to see anything happen to you and then on the way to the doctors she spotted the car and then her her father, you know, went around this 16-mile car chase just trying to catch him, oh, which he did, and yeah, then brought yeah. him to the police station. And that's another cool fact of the story. It's got a cool car chase. So he's he's locked up. Uh, what happens to him after that? Well, because the little girl got taken to the doctor to make sure nothing happened. Yeah. And the doctor said, yeah, there was no, you know, nothing bad happened to yeah. her. So the thing with him is what do we do with this guy? He could yeah. be considered like kidnapping or contact he was charged with contact with the minor yeah but that's why it was so fascinating because they really couldn't pin on him because the doctor couldn't find anything right. so that's why yeah. sending him to the blackfoot insane asylum was like uh, their compromise i yeah. think because yeah. It's like yeah we don't know what to do with this guy and i think that's what i'm gonna say maybe he there's something more to him they wanted to find out because you know he yeah. was credential he was a veteran right so yeah wanted to get more deep into his story talk to him about it i think that's the whole purpose of sending him to blackfoot uh, yeah which makes sense if you think about it yeah, and i yeah. think yeah this is again the beginning where you can see of the partnership between the penitentiary of blackfoot which existed there before yeah. but we can see it now being updated to modern standards because yeah totally. he seems like there's more to his story right. and of course he escaped from blackfoot and then it was found by the FBI in Texas, oh, which is eventually what sent it up in here. And that's why they decided, okay, he's guilty because, you know, the old saying, what, an innocent person flee? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that, so that's why they made up their minds to send him to the penitentiary here. Okay. <laughs> why, why, what would have prompted him to escape? Maybe he didn't like the environment there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the... They were too harsh over there. I do not know. Or it's like there's it was, nothing wrong with me. Like yeah, they, it was why a diff- here? Yeah, yeah. It was like the beginning of modern uh, healthcare for mm-hmm. you know to, to try. Yeah, yeah, mental health care yeah, to yeah. trying to figure out what was wrong with people. Mm-hmm. Maybe we didn't like it. You know, we got these old school kind of guys who right. says there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need to talk about what. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that definitely could be the thing that helped him escape. I don't want to put up with. Yeah, this. and we see a lot of people who who act insane they act crazy so that they can go to the state hospital south in blackfoot yeah and then you know once they're there they're completely fine and then they they escape because you know there are armed guards it's nurses and doctors that are watching them not these you know professional guards and police officers around so i i was curious if maybe he was feigning some insanity to escape or if I don't know if, if you've come across anything along those lines or if it was I did, just... I did not, but that could be considered that. I'm like, the lesson yeah. has bargain. But I think he had a good case set up for yeah. him if he wanted to play the defense. I'm like, mm-hmm. because if he really did nothing wrong, and I think they look, he's got a clean record. He served yeah. in the military twice. Right. It's like, 
I think he could have pulled it off by having not a guilty charge yeah. or maybe misdemeanor. I'm like, just don't pick up random kids. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, I think the moment he escaped is when they realized, no, he's guilty of something. Do you know, was he intoxicated when he picked her up? Was he drinking? Or he was a little bit. He yeah. was drinking a little bit. So that probably had some of a mm-hmm. factor. I, I I know that Luke Clapp, the warden around, the, you know, 44 through 66, he was really pushing towards AA and and having things for alcoholics and oh, right. you know, yeah, trying to help them. And I know Blackfoot had a, a new session to try to help people with that. So I wonder if I don't know if he had that issue, if, if alcoholism was his issue, or if I, I don't know. Yeah. Alcoholism. <laughs> I looked at his record yeah. and it's like not to the degree, but he was in talk technically legally intoxicated when okay. he was there. So so and that's harsh. I'm like yeah. because it's like. If you're maybe if you're trying to be on AA, I'm like I just drank that one time and right. I shouldn't really be here. Maybe that could be considered to to his escape effort because yeah, yeah they definitely had some programs, AA programs here, mm-hmm. and that's one another cool yeah. topic that they had here that I yeah. think it's very underrated. So yeah, hopefully, it gets talked about in the future. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of mentioned it a little bit because alcohol is a factor in so many crimes. You know. Even, to this day, right this moment, there mm-hmm. countless people across the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, DUI, besides DUIs, you got like alcohol enticing fights, so yeah. it, it plays into assault charges. And mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's really that it's bad. It's a huge motivator. Yeah, huge problem, huge issue that we'll always have, probably. Oh yeah, that's not <sighs> gonna go away. Right. <laughs> Although I think now it's outdone by texting, so oh, that's God. probably the big part of it. So maybe you can yeah. fix texting, but alcohol, I don't think driving. we can. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so he's brought to the prison. He's found in Texas after escaping from mm-hmm. the state uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. They capture him in Texas. They bring him back to the Idaho State Penitentiary. Do you know anything about his incarceration? What it was like? Uh, he was actually considered a trustee here. He, you know, he did well. He, when we had the blood drives here, he donated his blood. He was actually yeah. quite behaved well. So, nice. which plays into account maybe he was okay in the mental state. I mean, maybe he should have stayed where he was in Blackfoot without escaping. So yeah. he was, I mean, he was quite well. He didn't cause any problems, yeah. which led him. Which is sad because he was stabbed to death in the prison grounds. So he died here. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Stabbed by Earl Bone, I believe. That's. Yeah, Earl Bone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And if any of you listen to our Halloween episode, you know what happens to Earl Bowen later (laughs) after he he kills Ernesto. Um, But any any idea of what would lead Ernesto to be killed? Stabbed to death? Uh, according to Earl, he didn't just like the man. Like, they yeah. did not get along. Maybe he... Like, that's one thing I've actually discussed with a lot of guests that come yeah. here. And I, they asked me, I'm like, was there some kind of struggle between the, you know, the just your average inmate with the trustees? Did they have some kind of jealousy that they had? And I assume that they did because yeah. they got, you know, they got the better jobs. They had their own dormitory, eventually moved outdoors. And it's like, yeah, you think that they would hold a grudge against certain inmates. And right. he was a trustee eventually. So. Yeah. And, and he's a trustee <laughs> and he's in for lewd and lascivious conduct. He's in for you know touching a child you yeah know? and that's what everybody else thinks maybe yeah. he didn't like him you know he, he yeah. considered he's a pedophile exactly he's better off without him yeah and they are the lowest of the low in, the, mm-hmm. in, in the here they are yeah. <laughs> still to this day yeah so i mean 
maybe he was in protective custody, but do you know where he was working? Any idea of like he was in the laundry for a bit? He was in the shirt factory. He got moved around. Like yeah. there's some there's some that mm-hmm. that move get moved around. Heck, even the ones who have the steady jobs, right. you know, actually do other jobs. Like recently, I found out that Harry Orchard did beekeeping. That's yeah. something I did not know yeah. before. And it's like, wow, I thought he was just in charge of the shoe factory early on yeah. and then chicken. So I guess they do mix it up once in a while. Yeah. He went from so. like the shoe man in the 20s to like the turkey or the chicken man the chicken and, and then to got... the bee man. Like, yeah, right. We have photos of him in all those <laughs> different positions. Era, yeah, so it's like weird. So <laughs> makes sense. He did work mostly in the laundry, though. Yeah. I did remember that. Yeah. There are so many jobs that they get did out here. It's, it's wild. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Uh, well, what else about his story? Is there? Can you talk about his his burial and? Well, his burial is because he was a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military offered to pay for his, you know, his gravestone, and yeah. that's something I wonder if it was protested against. You know, because you're, you, what you said before is true. The pedophiles are considered the lowest of the low. Heck, even right. first degree murderers get more respect than pedophiles, oh, which shit. is really interesting way when you think about the uh-huh. psychology of the inmates inside prison so right. he's he still whatever he did or not i'm like the military side you know he did he served in the military twice so i think he deserves a military grip whatever he did or not is guilty yeah. you know and i find that honorable in some way mm-hmm. in this day and age uh even if you're a good person if you're caught doing something bad even if it's small you right. can you're blacklisted for like it's it seems mm-hmm. like we've become like a society that sees everything black and white and yeah. for that for the military at that time in the 60s when he died it's like to see it no he that's completely irrelevant to his time let him have his mm-hmm. gravestone in. so he's one of the two military gravestones out there yeah. so i think that's fascinating <laughs> yeah that. yeah it's amazing uh, no, I did try to find out more about his family, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know yeah, I'm like, I looked, either. and I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, because you would think they would want him, maybe not, because you know, pedophilia is considered low as so low. So I right. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so surprising. I, I'm super curious if they got full military honor burial, or if it's just the they got the headstone and it was, you know. Five convicts digging six feet into the ground and burying him. It I seems I just got was... the headstone. I did not see any traces of a military burial. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, salutes or anything like that. Yeah. Oh. No, I guess because it was prison. I mean, uh, if you, I mean, if you are buried in a cemetery, especially in a vet cemetery, mm-hmm. you do get like full honors, and right. you know, it's. I actually had the privilege to see one of those military burials. It's it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's one of the coolest signs of respect i ever seen yeah they show our veterans i'm like yeah it's wow. it's amazing I, but i don't think he got the that right. what, <laughs> honor. What, what like entailed the one that you saw i've never seen one. So oh, I, yeah. what well what i saw they basically you know they have your like regime right there and uh-huh. they they not only narrate your life but your what you did as a soldier especially your honors and how yeah. you served your country and they do like feel like veterans don't get as much of respect as they should and yeah they you know they just said this is the least we can use just give you that and That's from what i've heard now from talking to people is like now that you have to apply to actually get a, a veteran grave so it's like oh man Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's horrible and you know of course they have like sometimes gunfire to salute your mm-hmm. 
That's what I always honor. picture. Yeah, they, I think yeah, they do that. Like At that. least yeah, from yeah. the last time I saw yeah. one, that was a while ago. I don't know if it's changed. And, and I know that like, I don't know if the Navy does it differently because, you know, they all do it too. Yeah. I would yeah. choose it CV because I love the water. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Said. Well, I mean, this is a story about a man who made a, a stupid mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, intoxicated a little bit. <laughs> right. And it leads him to prison and he's murdered here like this is where his life ends and that's heartbreaking but there's still some honor at the end like which is yeah which is pretty amazing yeah Uh. i think it's one of those stories that has a little bit of everything it does it is a tragic story it's got a cool car chase uh but it's got that honorable of this man who served his country and Mm -hmm. at least somewhat reaped the reward for it right so with his military stone and for those of you who've been out there, it's like those graves are like are not the best, but his they're the, actually the nicest gravestones, and you can definitely tell. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, These honor military honor ones are really nice. Are, mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Right, well, right. anything else you want to say before we uh, call it off? No, I think this is good. <laughs> <laughs> I think wow. I hit my points, and and I hope people find this story interesting. Yeah, it gives people an idea how far we've come in the mental institute and how to evaluate people. Because yeah, I mean, today we got prisoners that do like say he's insane when in reality he's they're taking advantage of the system. But mm-hmm. at least that resources is there to help those people who actually do need it. So it just got to be a better way of stop being prevented from the system being taken advantage of you yeah. know just like all good things it's gonna get taken advantage yeah, of so yeah. hopefully it gets fixed you know but i like his story is the beginning of where the mental health actually matter and that's mm-hmm. why i think it's a good pinpoint to start the 60s you know the civil rights movement during that area was the beginning of you know yeah. certain issues like this yeah oh man well great Saeed thanks all for right. well, coming on and... well thank you for having yeah. me <laughs> well if i were to say do your own time what would you say like, do my own time? <laughs> yeah. If I told you, do your own time, how would you respond? Uh, I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Innocent until proven guilty, no matter what Twitter says. <laughs> Saeed, you are awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> everybody, do your own time, do your own number, and we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed Behind Gray Walls, please rate, review, and subscribe so others can find our podcast. If you're interested in more Old Idaho Penitentiary information and to see the mugshots of the inmates featured in this episode, follow the Old Idaho Penitentiary on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to learn more about the Idaho State Historical Society and its other sites, follow ID State Historical Society on Instagram or visit history.idaho.gov. If you have a question or comment for the hosts, which we love to get, please email us at behindgraywalls at gmail.com. Prison violence is different. It's more down to earth. It's more real. It's not like uh, an army against another army. For instance, here there was, we were waiting to go up into the dining room one day. A fellow tapped me on the shoulder and a couple of others said, excuse me, excuse me. We thought he was going through the line. To that, he walked up behind another fellow and stabbed him and killed him. So, did you see that? Then? Yes. We are only three feet away. We couldn't miss. What did you do? Walked right by. And how did you, how did you feel then? Well, uh, this is a type of violence that's really violence. It's violent. It's not, uh, you know, something you just read about. Mm-hmm. It's real. When you see real violence, then you have this 
thing that you think about. For instance, uh, the people in the penitentiary don't like people who are convicted of uh, sexual crimes or crimes against women. They say, well, it could have been my mother or my sister. And this is the thing that goes on. So it becomes more real to you. Were you afraid ever here? Oh, no. But some people were. Oh, yes. Lots of them were.